Hey, y'all. Hey. We just want to apologize for the uh, less than ideal sound quality of this episode. Yeah, we normally sound like we're coming to you from the NPR studios because our sound quality is like that consistently amazing. Indeed, but this time it's like coming from like the crappiest public radio station you can possibly imagine. Yeah, it's like the one up in Lafayette, Indiana, where NPR is actually on the AM dial rather than FM. So it's kind of like that. Yeah. As you'll hear uh, or may have heard, there's a, there are some technology issues in um, Lexington, Kentucky tonight, and um, we will be dealing with that forthwith. So uh, thanks for uh, being patient with us and enjoy the show. Welcome to The College Call. This podcast is an offering of the Acts 8 movement, proclaiming resurrection in the Episcopal Church. I'm Holly Powell. I'm a layperson and a member of Christ Church Cathedral in Lexington, Kentucky. And I'm Brendan O'Sullivan Hale, and I am also a layperson, and I'm a member of the Episcopal Church of All Saints in Indianapolis, Indiana. This podcast is about the intersection of liturgy and life, as seen through the lens of the Collects in the Book of Common Prayer. And this week, we're going to be talking about the Collect for Proper 19. And you can find it on page 233 of the Book of Common Prayer. O God, because without you we are not able to please you, mercifully grant that your Holy Spirit may in all things direct and rule our hearts. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. There's some cool circular logic in that first uh, little clause (laughs) there, isn't there? Yeah, there is. And, you know, I know we've talked about this kind of thing before where we need God to help us love God and it all doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. Right, because if there was no God, then who are you trying to please? Uh, Right. (laughs) And so... In general, I have not been a fan of this type of prayer, but I was looking at the lectionary for this week. Uh-huh. And actually, First uh, Timothy got me thinking about this. Now, this is Paul who writes, I am grateful to Christ Jesus our Lord who has strengthened me because he judged me faithful and appointed me to his service, even though I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and a man of violence. But I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief, and the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Now, Paul here is reflecting on the experience of his conversion as somebody who had previously been persecuting Christians and then met Jesus on the road, was blinded by him, and subsequently came to love and serve him. And so if I think about what this prayer is saying in the context of Paul's story, and, you know, longtime listeners of the show will know that despite his flaws and perhaps because of his flaws, I love me some St. Paul. This prayer makes a lot more sense to me now. That is a really interesting take on it. I feel less weird about it. All right. We fixed it. Yay. Podcast over. (laughs) The end. (laughs) Um, (laughs) 
some interesting, or maybe not so interesting history. Uh, if this prayer, if this some form of this collect has been around for a very long time. Um, it was in the Galatian Sacramentary, the Gregorian Missal, and the Sarah Missal. But in the past, the part where it says, mercifully grant that your Holy Spirit may in all things direct and rule our hearts. In the past, it, the Holy Spirit wasn't a part of this college. It would say, grant that the working of thy mercy or just thy mercy may re- direct and rule our hearts. And it was revised in the late 1600s uh, to put the Holy Spirit in there, which is cool. I mean... So was this a Cranmer edition then? 1662, probably? Uh, Maybe? Maybe. Huh. No. Okay, or at least it did not show up in the... Yeah, no, no, no. That was not Cranmer, sorry. Uh, Because Cranmer is 1549. So this is 100-some years later. Cranmer does not put it in there. Interesting. You got all three parts of the Trinity here. That's cool. Good stuff. Yeah. I, I, you know, I'm not against the Holy Spirit directing and ruling our hearts. And I'm yeah. not against the mercy of God doing the same thing. But I guess it is a little bit weird for mercy to direct. Yeah, I when agree. When you've got like a person of the Trinity who could be doing it. Right. Well, or a, a part of the Trinity. Is the Holy Spirit a person? I think in discussions, in Trinitarian discussions, you refer to the Holy Spirit as a person of the Trinity. Because you actually get into problematic... If you start saying part of the Trinity, you you might go to a modalist place by accident. Because uh, the Trinity is indivisible and it can't have parts, it just has persons. Okay, okay. So, Hashtag uh, Holly's heresy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... You brought up the lectionary readings for this week, Brendan, and and as I was preparing for this collect, something jumped out at me that I maybe had, I mean, certainly I've read it before, but probably not in this context. But the gospel reading for this week um, is Luke chapter 15, the first 10 verses of chapter 15. And it is a pretty well-known uh, parable, Jesus telling stories again, about the lost sheep. Or the lost coin, you know, if you have a hundred sheep and you lose one of them, don't you rejoice when you find the one who is lost? And if you have 10 silver coins and you lose one, don't you search until you find that lost one and then, you know, rejoice that you found the coin that you lost. And when I read it this time, the only thing I could think about was the kind of uproar around the Black Lives Matter movement. I just see this so clearly being the same thing that Jesus is talking about. That, of course, Black Lives Matter doesn't mean that other lives don't matter. But when a a child of God is being mistreated, Jesus is very clearly saying, you put extra time and effort into that one, and it doesn't diminish the other's. It doesn't mean that the 99 sheep that weren't missing aren't important. It just means that you have focused your attention on the one that that was lost, right? Right. So if you've got a sheep or a coin that's lost, it doesn't help anything to say that all sheep matter or all coins matter. Right, exactly. Well, at least you have nine coins. That doesn't help me. And I mean, he says, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner that repents 
than over 99 persons who need no repentance. Right. And so you're hitting there on probably the hazardous point of uh -huh. preaching uh, this sermon, which is that, you know, Jesus is clearly making the point that, you know, kind of the all sheep matter approach is unhelpful. Right. And that there is rejoicing over restoring a person fully to the community. But Jesus is talking about this in the context of sin. And so, you know, if you do kind of choose to go this direction in your sermon, um, be careful about that because you could end up in a bad place. No, that's totally true. And it's a really good point. Yeah, I hadn't fleshed out the sermon when I was thinking it, but I just was really struck by that when I read this in preparation for recording the podcast, that to me, this is pretty clear biblical proof, I guess. I don't know if you can really prove anything from the Bible, but this is the Christian approach. Right. And it's interesting that Jesus' working assumption in this parable is that his listeners will think, well, of course, you're going to rejoice more over the lost sheep. Of course, you're going to rejoice more when you uh, find the lost coin. And so it makes me think of the extent to which I, as a white male who is a beneficiary of the existing system, may have, do have uh, blindness, and hopefully it is unintentional, but there may be parts where I am willfully blind, because I, I do think that's a big problem to the understanding that Black Lives Matter does not diminish other lives. That's a really, yes, it's a very good point. And you see this, I mean, of course, Brendan and I are both on Twitter. You see it all the time, especially on Twitter, where people kind of argue over which thing is more important. Like, well, I'm a feminist, so women's rights are more important than Black Lives Matter because blah, well, this person was discriminated against because she was a woman. No, it's because she was a black person or uh, because she was gay or whatever. And and I think that that can be so destructive. I love Twitter, but the stuff like that is just exhausting. It really is. I do take breaks from them when necessary. Yeah, yeah. Well, unto you if you try to engage directly. I don't know how Broderick Greer has the fortitude to do what he does. So. Oh, wow. I know. Well, so maybe um, we need to uh, ask the Holy Spirit to direct and rule our hearts as it comes to social media. I agree. And if nothing else, so. <laughs> I could just see us rewriting this call like, mercifully grant that your Holy Spirit may direct and rule our hearts only online. Yeah. So yeah, remember th this prayer, our petition is actually um, a little bit more comprehensive than that. Yeah. Uh, in all things. In all things. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this reminds me, though, in this discussion of uh, social media, that as this podcast drops, our collect contest is still going. So if you are listening to this show right as it drops, you have until Saturday to yes. submit your collect inspired by Holly's ailing laptop for... Still ailing, by the way, still ailing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what did we say the collect was for exactly? Just for uh, ailing for technology? The, the repose of a perishing piece of social <laughs> media, or of, of technology, yes. Okay. So we'll, we'll just go with tech-related stuff. Yeah, sadnesses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Anyway, uh, as a reminder, uh, your submission must be in the form of a collect. Go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the collect call. You'll find a post there where you can submit your collect in the comments, uh, or you can send us an email at the collect call at acts8movement.org. Or your collect is probably going to be too long for a tweet, but if you want to turn it into some word art or something and tweet us a picture of it, um, that would be fine too. Um, Ooh, I do love something. a wordle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and the winner will receive a mystery prize. Ooh, mystery. Well, I have something to acknowledge. Are we there yet? Can I do that? Uh, yeah, yeah. Acknowledge away. Okay. So today on my way home from the gym, I had to stop into Walgreens. Near the cash register was those orange and black wrapped peanut butter kisses that are the best part of Halloween. I'm not sure if you know I'm talking about or not. Um, I disagree. I know you do, but I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about me here. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying peanut butter and chocolate is a thing that I'm willing to tolerate, but it is it, it, it just is not the best thing. Well, these aren't peanut butter and chocolate. They're just peanut butter. Oh, God. No, that's even worse. Brendan. <sighs> <laughs> The okay. listeners hate it when mommy and daddy fight. I know. <laughs> We've been together too long. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I am on record as not really loving this whole consumerist way of pushing holidays earlier and earlier. But that being said, man, I was pumped to get that bag of peanut butter kisses. So I'd like to the Walgreens on Richmond Road in Lexington, Kentucky for making me very happy and giving me something to do after we finish recording this podcast. Man, and like the pumpkin spice latte is coming back into season oh, soon. Girl, I'll bet you're acknowledging you know. that here in a couple of weeks. <laughs> you know what's up. <laughs> Type 2 diabetes is on its way. <laughs> Are you bewailing that? <laughs> Jesus says not to judge, so I judge the pumpkin spice latte even though i think it's mm -hmm. stupid and i hate it <laughs> okay well what i would like to acknowledge this week is so casey fitzgerald who is a uh, presbyterian pastor and you will have heard her on the live show Indeed. that we did at the E-Formation Conference, and she has her own um, great podcast called Story Divine. Uh, I strongly encourage you to look it up on iTunes, etc. Uh, anyway, uh, earlier on this week, Next Church, which is a project of the Presbyterian Church USA, not to be confused with Church Next, which is an Episcopal initiative with a uh, confusingly similar name. Uh, anyway, she had a uh, video blog post or a vlog or whatever. I, is it vlog or is it vlog? I always thought it was vlog, but that's kind yeah. of a weird thing to say, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I, speaking of Walgreens, I was in a CVS today and I passed by like the cosmetics section and there's like a whole wall of like things recommended by vloggers or vloggers or whatever. Cool. Anyway, which I found mystifying, but Anyway, next church. Uh, so uh, Casey did like a three-minute video blog post 
about this topic of how important storytelling is to us as people and how, you know, we come home for the day and we tell our spouses or partners or whatever about how our day was. And we tell those stories or we read bedtime stories to children, sometimes the same story over and over and over again. And she was talking about you know, why is it that we don't necessarily treat biblical stories the same the same way? You know, I participated in her uh, workshop at eFormation, and, you know, one of the things that she encourages people to practice as part of biblical storytelling is actually to memorize the story that they're going to tell. So I guess I have, you know, little bits and pieces of the Bible memorized just by virtue of, you know, the liturgy and the Book of Common Prayer. But I don't know. I found the video thought-provoking, and uh, I think Casey is doing amazing work, and uh, you should check it out, even though it's Presbyterian. And, you know, Ooh. yeah, you, you can stray over to that corner of the internet. It's cool. <laughs> we won't judge you. Unlike so, Brendan's harsh judginess of my love. <laughs> so uh, you'll find that at uh, nextchurch.net and click on the blog link. And uh, at least if you're listening to this show soon after it drops, you'll only have to scroll down a few blog posts before you see it. Awesome. Anything to bewail this week? Uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of short on bewailings right now. That's, That's cool. good. That's a good thing. Yeah. That's a good thing. Well, if you have something that you think we should be bewailing that we don't even know about yet, um, <laughs> don't tell us because we're happy. But yeah. I guess if you want to, you can find us on Twitter or Facebook at The Collect Call, or you can email us at thecollectcall at acts8movement.org. Our parent organization is the Acts 8 Movement, which you can find on Facebook and Twitter at Acts 8 Movement, uh, or on the web at acts8movement.org. That's the number eight. This episode was edited by the Reverend Joe McGarry, which, who is pastor of Faith Lutheran Church in Gardner, Massachusetts. You can find him on Twitter at Pastor Joe MC, or you can find him on his very own podcast, Two Bald Pastors, which you can find online at two, the number two, baldpastors.com. Our music is Let All Mortal Flesh Keep Silence by Aaron DeVries, distributed under a Creative Commons license. Find more of Aaron's music at badgerland.bandcamp.com. And come back next week where Mommy and Daddy will fight some more and we'll also talk <laughs> about Proper 20. Woohoo! Let all mortal flesh keep silence And with fear and trembling stand Ponder nothing earthly-minded for with blessing in his hand Christ our God to earth descended Our full homage to